2: back here and uh, analyze this and we got big shots from the Department of Human Services worked their way in, the, in here uh, Commissioner Camulikazi Gomez and uh, what's your title young man? Plenty head, point of head phone and talking to the microphone. do no, I click it? Don't know. Okay, now I got. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good
3: morning. Good morning. Good
2: morning. Good. Yeah, good to, see, good to see you, Commissioner. Everything good?
3: It's, everything's great. Okay, Thanks good. for asking. It's February already. It's yes. fast. I tell you,
1: man. Tomorrow gonna be the 10. 10, right. 10 Toby the Rima. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing, Mr. Good. James? What's your title, sir? Public Information Officer.
2: So your, your your days at VIPD are dead. I <laughs> <Are> done
1: since <laughs> since June. I jumped over and joined the illustrious Kimberly Cosby Gomez, <laughs> um, commissioner over uh, She invited me, and I came on to the Department of Human Services. Okay, okay. Yes. So, so, so that means you, you put on like the like a, a dapper green suit on a Thursday you know? and all that. So that's that's what this is about. Man. Well, yeah, Well, you know, it's Thursday's payday, so you get away the, <laughs> get wear the colour of money. You know, it is. I like that. I like that's
3: that. how you dressed up for level.
2: <laughs> okay. For the
3: cameras. For
1: so so the cameras, you know what I'm
2: saying? So that's So, how you been?
3: I am great. I I just came. on, am just a personal note. My mom turned 80. Oh um, man! Happy birthday, mommy! Yes, and yeah. um, it, we've been doing these wonderful uh, the centarians We've been able to give some checks yeah. um to uh, those uh, Virgin Islanders that are turning a hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: what's so great about that is like having that um, Virgin Islands love when we get to go and see families taking you know such good care of their you know aunts and uncles and parents. Yeah. And then I'm able to go back to my mom and see her. Um, at eighty, who is she? Does like people to tell her? But I was like, "Mom, it's your eightieth. It's a milestone birthday." Um, but she's, you know, she's very independent, and so not everybody is as blessed to have a very independent uh, family member like my mom. So mm-hmm. I, I do have that in my in the back of my mind when I'm, we're talking about services for seniors.
2: Nah, man, that's awesome! Happy birthday once again to your mom. Yeah. So So um, we got a number of different things. Um, you
3: have a list, I heard. Yeah,
2: yeah. They, they, oh, great! They, they, they hooked me up. So awesome. I'm, I'm gonna just. Uh, you know, have some um, okay? Just have fun, um, <laughs> Let me see if I can do my
3: best.
2: Picking them up. So tell us about where we are uh, three years removed from um, the public health emergency funding uh, provided by Congress uh, during the COVID 19 pandemic. Um, have we expended monies, all of the monies that uh, were made available to your agency? And what exactly uh, are we doing um, from a recovery standpoint? that led into the, the pandemic window because the recovery, the act, the pandemic window was actually uh, immersed into this protracted recovery window.
3: I feel like that's five or six questions. And yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's okay. why I make sure. That's loaded, why I make sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, the first part of it, let's just talk about Medicaid and SNAP mm-hmm. um, and, and how that affects the public, the public health emergency and when it ends, what happens. Mm-hmm. So with our uh Federal assistance for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program specifically, we actually did an emergency supplemental allotment that we maxed out. So if let's just say that you were eligible for $200 and the max amount could be $300. We actually added an extra $100 um, throughout the whole public health emergency. So Mm -hmm. if you were eligible, you got that. That ends this month. OK. Um, and so that extra allotment that people were going to get, they're not going to get that in March. So making sure that when you're doing your household budget, making sure you're keeping that in mind. Um, you know, we did, you know, PBT or the you know, pandemic emergency mm-hmm. um, benefit transfer PEBT was really hot. Uh, we were able to feed a lot of children through that when, um, And it was specific to um, children staying at home during the pandemic and not going to school. So we were supplementing that. Um, I think we have maybe one more coming out, um, a small one, um, but we've really tried our best to go after as much funding as we can. Um, the emergency supplemental allotment for SNAP specifically was supposed to end, <laughs> um, and I advocated for the Virgin Islands to get several more months um, just because I know our community needs it, um, and so we, we, we requested that. Extension and um, we're granted that okay. from the federal nutrition system, um, and then Medicaid. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Medicaid. Good news for Medicaid is is that we have um, this is a very complicated system, but the federal uh, match or um, is now been kind of permanent um which is now 83 to 17 um so 83% is federal and 17% would be local um it w- it could have gone back to a 55 45 split and now, well, if we if that had been if that had come to us i think it's inequity um uh, for the territories I, that that for me is uh, a lot of states are at 100% and they don't have to do any kind of match and so for the virgin islands for us to have to go back to 55 45 would have been strong um, for me, so luckily our delegate fought for it. Our governor fought for it, and so we're at a good place for that um, recertification. So during that time, as well for Medicaid, if you're a Medicaid member, um, you did not have to recertify. So if your circumstances, household change, your, um, you know, you got income, you got a job, whatever circumstances. Uh, it has changed. Um, you did not have to recertify, but now that is also ending. Okay. So we have about a little over 37,000 members in Medicaid and um, probably seven or 8,000 uh, may not be eligible. So we're going to be doing a, a whole campaign, a commercial to ensure that you need to update your contact information for us um, because your benefits are going to be... <laughs> Uh, coming to an end and so we need to make sure that we're recertifying that for you and your household um, we are going to be uh, creating a call center because um, we know that 37,000 people calling DHS is not going to work uh, so we're, we're getting that on board so we'll be able to have customer service um, at its highest for that specifics what
2: about the time when you were here and uh, one of my listeners were calling and um, they were saying that they don't have a bank account and um, your agency making a assistance available to them. Um, in that case, they would need a check. Uh, they, they would want to go to check route, but is your does your protocol mandate that they have a bank account?
3: I don't know if it ha- if it mandates to have a bank account because that's part of the uh, eligibility requirements is mm-hmm. that we'll look at and see if you have um, any money in the bank. So yeah. if you don't have a bank account, that means you don't have any money in the bank. Which is good. Well, I mean,
2: yeah.
3: good and bad. Yeah. Um,
2: well, which is good as it relates to, to, to um, from the standpoint that... Um, we know for a fact they're not misleading you, documented uh, via a bank account.
3: Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I think that's, um, you know, you sh- it allows for the, in the event that we ever do electronic um, benefits into your, your bank account specifically, it kind of goes electronically versus a paper check um, because, you know, paper checks are are kind of, coming to an end uh-huh. um, so did we, have we spent all our money no we have not spent all our money um, but we do have some some is ending and then some we have until like 23 24 and 25 so not all this coming to an end okay. uh, child care is is one of those um, funding sources um, and so all licensed child care providers you know we have a, a child care is divided into three sections uh, so the office of child care is um, we do a subsidy and we do all licenses. And then we do quality. Um, and so just because you're a licensed child care facility doesn't necessarily mean that you take our subsidy voucher. So you can be a licensed child care provider and not have any subsidy. Right. Mm-hmm. So these ARPA grants or the American Rescue, um, what's important about that is that you do not have to be in the subsidy program to apply for these grants. Um, and we're awarding them um, for any pretty it's allowable for for upgrade quality for childcare. So if you want a generator or you want to do shutters or you want to upgrade um, your communication system, um, you want a text program, maybe you want to do something financially to make sure that you are doing everything properly when it comes to audits. Um, whatever it is to make your child care center better, we have grants available for that. Okay. Um, and it's a lot of money, Neville. It's not a little bit
2: of money. No, that's, that, that's good news, but there's still an administrative rule and processes that you have to
3: correct so it might be abide. a little delayed um and i know that's a fresh that's the frustrating part for me but it's also the frustrating part for the provider you know i apply for this grant it's taken so long to get it uh so we're trying to prove our internal processes to get the monies into the hands of it but eventually once you get approved you will get your money it mm-hmm. might be a couple months but you're gonna get it it's you know it could be two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. so it's mm-hmm. not a little bit of money uh, we did do a mini grant, thirty thousand dollar mini grant at one point, but this is now an extra step. How many chalk
2: is it has begun in territory?
3: Mm, over a hundred. Over a hundred. I'd I would i have to get the numbers for you. But we
2: have, we don't have to be specific. Yeah,
3: it's over a hundred territory wide. Um I do know that for a fact. I just don't know exactly how many. Okay,
2: good. Mr. During what's, what's the biggest uh, informational need or 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 experience um you've noticed in your June? in your eight months at Human Services?
1: Well, <clears throat> first of all, uh, and good morning again, uh, the, the, the Virgin Islands Department of Human Services is a very big department, mm-hmm. it's massive. There's mm-hmm. so many uh, pro, um, programs and services um, that are that are working. Um, for the people of the Virgin Islands, um, you know, the, 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 what I was heard, one of the first things I heard in joining the department is that we uh, take care of people from cradle to the grave. And so there are so many different facets, so many, so many different programs, and therefore so much information that needs to go out to the, to the community, uh, at any one given moment. Um, we could be talking to parents about their children in Head Start, or we could be talking to um, people about their parents in the, uh, you know, in, in senior programs and anywhere in between. Uh, so there's so much information that needs to go out. Uh, Commissioner Kazi Gomez just gave a mouthful of information about so much different things in the space of uh, five minutes so that I can tell you um, the amount of information that needs to go out to the public um, in a timely fashion, and it has to be accurate. So yes,
2: that's the biggest. The accuracy of information is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Now, um, Ms. Gomez, you have a program in your agency where, when people have to travel to the mainland for medical assistance, you have a fund um, to to provide support for them.
3: We do, and that's part of the Medicaid program. Mm -hmm. However, when you look at that local match, uh, (laughs) we that's that's funded
2: via legislative appropriation.
3: Um. Yeah, we have to do a match requirement. So if you get um, a certain amount of money, um, a lot of the federal programs are like this. So um, it's great that you go after federal money, but it also has a local requirement. Mm-hmm. So I can't go after it unless I make sure that I can have a local match. So that that has to be in place. It first. has to be set aside, yeah. and you know we're going. We're doing budgets now for now twenty four. So we'll have that conversation. Um, I'm I'm in the middle of doing an assessment of exactly how much money uh, we are spending on travel, mm-hmm. um, and that includes. My concern is is that the healthcare is not here in the Virgin Islands for people to stay home, mm-hmm. and I, it, you know, sometimes but that
2: should be a territorial concern, though.
3: It is, yeah. and I and I think it's at the forefront. Um, to be honest, I think it's there, um, especially I know the governor and and commissioner of health, and they're all up there looking at healthcare and how we can make sure that our certifications are good for the hospitals. Um, so the concern that I have is that unless we get the infrastructure for health we're going to continue to see this you know amount of people having to go off island for health care um and so i say that first and so we do have a program for that however it's gonna we're gonna have to cut back on that um we're, we're just gonna have to cut back on it. There's, i just don't have enough money to do that always um so it, some people have but, to say but that say, should be
2: a territorial man um agreed m- mandate and though. because because you would want for folks who live here to have the ability to be addressed. Their healthcare needs to be addressed locally.
3: Yeah. It's quality healthcare. And, but I also look back at the prevention portion. Um, and so, um, you know, my blood pressure has been a little high lately. I, I, you know, a little stress probably, (laughs) but the prevention part of it, you know, are you taking care of yourself? You know, are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you doing what you need to do to prevent um, some of the health disparities that we currently have in the Virgin Islands? So I think that's important to note too. I love the fact that Sports Park and health and, and the governor's office have come up with these health initiatives to kind of get people outdoor and moving, because I think that's important too. But we spend a lot of money for people off island, but I, it's not the money part that cons- uh, concerns me, it's the fact that you're away from your family when you're sick. Um, and you may be alone because your family member may have to work depression. and not be able to be with you.
2: Potential depression, Co-
3: potentially, for loneliness you don't feel and good. Of- and, you know, I have nobody there. Um, and so you're going back and forth potentially it's a, if it's outpatient or if it's inpatient. So I look at it like the quality uh, of life when it comes to that too.
2: No, um, the federal government actually has health and human services. As one agency, correct. And locally, we have two separate agencies. Yes. So, how are you working with the health department um, when you're ma- when we're making uh, requests on behalf of the people, public requests for support, and 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 not only just dollars but technical support, um, man and woman powers, need, maybe needing to come down from a federal uh, standpoint, like the CDC provides support uh, to mm-hmm. the Department of Health. And that was a big thing right. uh, during the the height of the pandemic. What's the deal with that, in terms of the joint relationships between your agency and Titan International Agency? Well, I think to it communicate de- with the Department of Health and Human Services.
3: Well, I think. Federally. It- well, federally, I think that and that's where we have been talking about, like when we're going after funding, can it be a health and human services? But the population, some are the same and some are different. Um, and so their eligibility, like their WIC program or their infants and toddlers program, um, there are some commonalities for clients or members or residents um, that we both serve. Um, the mega agency, everybody's like, well, why don't you just merge health and human services? Mm-hmm. We've heard that for probably as long as I've been here, uh, for the last 30 years, but they also do it differently in a lot of the States, um, as well. And so if you look at it, they'll have a whole, uh, division or department on aging alone. Mm-hmm. So they'll extract that from human services or health, and then put it in a separate agency. So there's lots of different models Um, Our population is relatively small, um, so we're able to kind of manage that. Um, Medicaid used to be under Department of Health, um, and then it it came over to Human Services. Um, And for me, it's not about where it lies, per se. It's about how you share the resources to ensure the betterment of the person that you're serving. So, for example, if you're if you're eligible for Medicaid, then you're mostly eligible for SNAP, too. So it should be joint eligibility. So we're working on that that system to say you don't have to come in five times, you can just come in and be eligible for all the programs one time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for the, the customer part of it. Um, and then also easier, it could be easier for the staff as well. Um, But just making sure that when you're doing the eligibility requirements. But I think that um, the funding wise, it depends on the funding source um, of whether it, it could be relative to health and human services because sometimes it's only health. Public health was a public health emergency. Mm-hmm. However, we did all the a lot of the services, so we still did Meals on Wheels. We still had a twenty four hour facilities. We still did homemaker services. So we never shut down during the pandemic. We still continue to serve. Did we have to scale well, back a little bit? We actually had the
2: apparatus in place um, for how other agencies and businesses um, were catering to, the, to, to their to their clientele because we, meals on wheels is we
3: had I mean, to yeah, that, that, yeah. That,
2: that, that's something that a lot of businesses adopted right in terms of delivering food yes
3: and i think that's important um you know i i am going to go meals on wheels run uh next week in st john because i haven't done that yet when i did it in st croix um Sometimes we may be the only people they see because um, their family members may not see them or they don't have any family here. So we're the highlight. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like they are the highlight for me whenever I go visit as well. So
2: no, that's, um, that's awesome. All we're going uh, to take a break. we come back. We'll talk about Head Start.
3: Yes, I love and, Head Start.
2: And, and <laughs> <laughs> I love Head Start. <laughs> we got uh, um, Commissioner uh, Kimberly Kazi Gomez from the Department of Human Services and her PIO, that's, it, that's yes. a Public Information right. Officer, Uh, Toby D'Arima here in the studio as well. We'll take a break and be back right after this.
0: Equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peter's Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. Bankofstcroix.com
3: If it's happening around the world. NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is
0: experiencing
2: its biggest anti-government
0: protests.
3: If it's happening here at home. On
0: a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho. On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green.
3: Morning edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday.
0: From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1.
4: Come
0: to the, Virgin Islands. the USVI Caribbean Music Festival on St. Croix officially launches on Friday, February 17th. This is a free community event presented by the US Virgin Islands Department of Tourism, curated by the United Jazz Foundation in collaboration with Jazz at Lincoln Center, and sponsored by the VI Lottery. The event runs from 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. along the Waterfront Promenade in Frederickstead and features Grammy Award-winning jazz vocalist Diane Reeves, Marsvin Davids, Caribbean Players of St. Croix, and Calvin Johnson and Native Son of New Orleans. For more information, CaribbeanMusicHeritage.org or 646-725-3353.
2: to me and we're back here uh, analyze this and uh, we've got uh, the Department of Human Services uh, leadership here uh, joining us um, Kimberly Kazi Gomez and Public Information Officer uh, Toby Darima before we get to, um, uh, the head start um, if folks want to have an issue and they want to reach out to the Department of Human Services. How are how do, how are they doing that right now? Um, you, you got in in person service at your agencies right now. Where, where at where where's the where's the main offices uh, in the respective islands?
3: So um, on Saint Croix for MAP and um, SNAP um, or for Medicaid and Division of Family Assistance is in Mars Hill um our senior citizen affairs office is also in Mars Hill. so i n r or information and referral so your senior id mm-hmm. cards are there um and so those are important child care if you're needing any assistance regarding child care or licensure uh, on st croix and golden rock um as you're going to the old breezes mm-hmm. down that way um and we um office of commissioners still in golden rock we're looking at a new space so hopefully we're going to consolidate some of our resources and and come together for that our head starts are scattered head start um main office administration office is in anna's hope um our division of children and family services is also in anna's hope um we're fixing the ac right there so they're on a a a scattered a schedule or a, a schedule for that um richmond senior center is still open and um And so we're looking at that, too. Uh, And St. John, we're getting ready to redo um, our multi-purpose center. So we're Mm going to do some press around where we do services from there. We're still doing, you know, our Meals on Wheels Adrian Center, um, Senior Center is open as well. Uh, Newt Hanson is our hub in St. Thomas. um, And, you know... The, it's an old building, and we just got. This is like the best news. This for me. I was been working on this for for two years. Um, we just got full uh, prudent replacement approval for from FEMA New-Hanson.
2: for New Hanson. For New Hanson. Wow, that's great.
3: Um, and Department of Health has a little tower that's mm-hmm. connected. They also got it, so we're going to be able to. And it, you know, it's a little bit of a long term plan. I get it, but to give me a couple million dollars just to fix the roof, what I felt was, you know. Charles Harwood over here got a full print replacement. They're the same age. Mm-hmm. They're still 50, 51 years old. Um, and it's been through how many hurricanes since then? So, right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, the structure itself... Um, so I'm super excited about designing a brand new social services building. That's It'll nice. be amazing. Um, so that's basically our hub there. Of course, we have Queen Louise, uh, home for the aged in St. Thomas and then Harvard Grig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the services out of there. Um, I don't think I forgot any. Uh, we have a diamond, a state diamond, which is where our maintenance is and our office of intake and emergency services is.
2: Right on the Diamond, Montana. Yes. Yeah. State yeah. Diamond
3: by and Rum there. You
2: still in, you're still doing, uh, you mentioned um, Dung and down in the, the the main building, use use Mars Hill. Yes, Yeah, Hill. That's where we're. Yeah, that's that's where corporate headquarters. That's
3: where the corporate part. But yeah. well, that's where our services are. So if you if you wanted to, um, you know, apply or want to do anything there, we're we're open for that. And then vocational rehab or disabilities is also in the state Carlton, mm-hmm. um, and then also in New Hanson.
2: Okay, good. Okay, good. Uh, any um, programs or projects coming up, Mister Derima, that the department announcing? Yes, sir. To your knowledge.
1: We have, um, uh, especially with our Head Start, we have a, a bunch of um, uh, projects that were capital projects uh, that were recently announced um, to do renovations um, to Head Start centers around the territory. Um, say, for instance, on St. Croix, they, they shuttered a few years the Charles, the, um, Charles H. Emanuel School um across from um a mm-hmm. That school has been closed for a while and we are um, actually going to have a uh we got uh we're gonna we have plans uh for that particular state uh site um to be um renovated and opened as a uh a, a major head start center.
2: So that's gonna transition from a an educational facility Traditional educational facility
1: to a Head Start center. To a Head Start yes. center. Okay.
2: Yes. Okay. Okay. That's uh, interesting.
1: Yes. Yeah, so yeah. um that uh, and and so we have a a, a few of them, uh, couple in Saint John, in Saint Thomas, one and Saint John, um, uh, with that would that doing, doing the same thing, um, going. Out. So we have a uh, these major projects that are going to be coming up. We also have, in the realm of Head Start. Uh, and a lot of our Head Start centers, we are presently, um, and I think we are nearing completion, uh, with the, um, at these centers, playgrounds. Um, we are, um, re, re, redoing doing the playgrounds and we are going to be, um, doing rib- ribbon cutting for these, uh, facilities. Um, yeah. And so there's a, there, there, yeah, we're going to be opening, uh, our, these brand new, uh, playgrounds for the head, for a few of the Head Start centers across the territory as well in short order. That's going to be coming up, um, very, very soon. So, um, listen out for that, uh, so that, so that our children, um, preschool children, um, will have, uh, new safe, uh, uh, facilities to play on.
2: that's awesome before we go to a caller who's on the line i just want to let the public know about some programming that we got going on uh tonight on channel 12 at eight o'clock forgotten genius the grandson of alabama slaves percy julian met with every possible barrier in a deeply segregated america uh he was a man of genius devotion determination as a black man he was also an outsider fighting to make a place for himself in a profession and country divided by bigotry, a man who would eventually find freedom in the laboratory. That's Forgotten Genius tonight, Nova, right? Uh, at 8 p.m. and then at 10 p.m., uh, the changing scene, which is POV shorts. Uh, in the Florida panhandle lies the provincial town of Mariana, Florida, where resident and poet L. Lamar Wilson runs a particular marathon in hopes of lifting the veil of racial terror caused by the town's buried history. So that's the night at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. respectively. On channel 12, Nova and POV Shorts. Uh, good morning, caller. How are you? Good morning.
4: Good morning. Good morning. How, How are, are you?
2: Ya? I'm good. How are you?
4: I am good, Senator. Good. Thank you for taking my call. Not I a problem. I'm calling a... in to share some more information about um, the K2 to 12 and the, the property that's being swapped, um, their preliminary documents.
2: Oh, the one You're talking about the one in St. John?
4: Yeah, by your governor, and I don't I don't agree with a lot of terms in the agreement because of the 11 acres that
2: we swap. We swap 12? We, we swap 12, 12, just under 12 acres for 18 acres.
4: Correct. So the portion that the 11 acres, three of those acres have so much restrictions. They're basically going to become a national park. See and don't touch property
2: okay, okay. Uh, you, you, can, can, hold on a second can, can you do me a favor and call back at about 9 50 because we, we're wrapping up a conversation here with human services oh, uh, I'm sorry. yeah yeah that's okay uh we, we're talking about some details some important details for the department of human services so you can call back about nine fifty so we can enlighten the public about uh the details for the swap that you mentioned last week tuesday okay
4: thank you you got thank it you, sir. okay good Bye-bye.
2: i do not mean to, to be disrespectful there but um, no, no, no! I no, don't, want, a, I don't want I don't want I don't want us to get away. Well
4: St.
3: John um, is a, is a, is important.
2: Um, on, on this show we actually yeah. look out for St. John a lot. So, yeah. but, so I, uh, but I didn't want to well, get off track here because we right. were talking yeah. about one of the things I want to talk about is um the state of head starts in the Virgin Islands um and where we because we have a lot of recovery projects associated with the red, with the Head Starts. So where where are we in terms of that right now?
3: So um, I know Mr. Dreama spoke a little bit about it. So we're really excited. We're going to be doing um, some major construction projects um, and most of them are out to bid right now. And so we've uh, we've uh, gone through the bid evaluation for a couple of projects and, um, and so some of the other ones are closing. Um, on the 17th of February, and then another one extended. So it's on the DPP, or the Department of Property and Procurement website. Mm -hmm. So if you're a construction company and you want to bid, this is a really great time. Um, I love the fact that she's calling about St. John because we're going to be doing a state-of-the-art center in Cruise Bay Mm -hmm. for St. John. So that's been um, a long time coming, um, but we wanted to do it, and we wanted to do it right. All the funds that are coming in um, for the Head Start projects are 100% federal uh, dollars.
2: Is this in conjunction with sports park and recreation no well, different. they got different they got different facilities that they gonna be doing
3: Uh, So Head Start. Uh, What I love about um, what we're doing for Charles H. Emanuel is we're going to begin consolidating the resources. So I don't know if you know this, but um, by Kings Hill, by Herbert Grigg, and on your way up there, we have some Head Start centers. So those Head Start centers will now be in one stop shop about, you know, 10 to 15 classrooms in that area. And So we're going to consolidate resources, which is great, um, and also provide – do you know anything about Head Start? Tell, Tell me what you know, Neville. This is like a quiz. This is a quiz. So tell me what you know.
2: Know about Head Start? <laughs> no, I, all I know is that uh, when we, when I was growing up, I went to Juan and Kennedy. Uh-huh,
3: one
2: in Kennedy. Right? <laughs> I went to Wanda Kennedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went to Kennedy. See, and you need it because it, it really is the transition from coming out, spending your days in the living room right. or at your babysitter. To get to go into school to go right. to, to kindergarten, so you know you need you need you need the uh, you need the Head
3: Start. See, see the Head Start and see where you are now.
4: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's for
3: three to five year olds. And what is great about Head Start is not just school, mm-hmm. and um, it's a family program. We wrap around the entire family for for the so the health and wellness, the social part, mm-hmm. um, and so they're getting a great education environment. But it's a little bit more than that. The seven playgrounds that Toby spoke about, um, the ribbon cuttings. So for me, I think children learn learn the best through play. And I know for a fact that you were on the playground a lot when yeah, you were little. Okay. Yeah, and it was just different. And you know, now everybody's on their tablets and on their phones. So getting children back to play is where they learn their environment and learn their social skills. Because right now, if we don't ensure that encourage that play, then we're gonna have these anti-social kind of thing. But it's a it's a great way to to start. We have early Head Start, Lutheran Social Services does uh, pregnant and parenting birth to three mm-hmm.
2: um and then we hit, c- catch it at three to five no no let me ask this question do, do you have a actual map um a head start map that that a territorial map or even an island map a district map that you could look at because um yes.
3: i'm working on a geo map for the, all my children yep. yeah, i'm, I'm working on it right that's now with thank
2: you yeah thank you because you don't want one head start right on top of the other you yes. would want them spaced out i would think you know, we have a
3: little bit of transportation on St. Croix as well. So we, you know, we do busing services. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's helpful.
2: How much of them we got on St. Croix?
3: Uh, right now? Yeah. Um, I think there's four, five. What well, depends. We have sites and then we have classrooms.
2: Okay. Right. Well, so Sites. How many sites we got? So we have
3: Marcel. We have Anna's Hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We have. Clifton Hill? Uh, no, that one's not up in, anymore. No. Um, okay. So we shut that one and down? And then by King's Hill. Concordia is is a new project that we're going to be doing mm-hmm. as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that one. And Charles H. Amanda will be new. Anna's hope administration building. We're going to be redoing. Re- so doing we, got it as three, well. we got
2: three. We got three. We're working three, on but more class, it's,
3: it's the classroom and the amount of children. We need to serve five hundred children. Um, in the, in St. Cory. Okay. So our enrollment level is 794. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue that we have right now, we're not at 794. We don't have 794 children mm-hmm. that we're serving. Uh, part of it is goes back to work for us so i can't open classrooms without a, a qualified workforce oh,
2: dog, and
3: so uh, you know we're we're looking for teachers and teachers assistants. but it's not just those we're looking at for food service workers to mm-hmm. work in their kitchen yeah, because yeah, we because yeah. we feed all of our children no, right no, no no
2: this is this um, is cool
3: yeah so this yeah. is this is all the encompassing things uh, the managers the social services part the outreach all of that uh, is encompassed so it's not just when you think of uh, oh it's school and I just need a teacher. No, that's not what I need always. I need all of the mm-hmm. aspects how many has right.
2: such gone in St. Thomas?
3: St. Thomas, let's see, we have four. But classroom wise we have more. Okay. And then right now we don't have any in St. John. That's why I want Cruz Bay to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, so
2: so 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 what going on in, in the interim in St. John then? They just St. John,
3: little, we have the child care centers and we have subsidies. Okay. Um I, I just think that right now, um the Head Start will be just an added really strong bonus mm-hmm. for over there.
2: And that's a cruise bay facility we're talking cruise about. Bay, and that's yeah. going to be in the multipurpose center? Or? No,
3: separate from the, the multipurpose center. The multipurpose center, I got extra money for that too. So we're going to have mm-hmm. that as a stronger uh as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. M- 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 uh, when you're when you feeling calls um, from um, the, the public, what do you find the biggest area of concern? Um what our elderly population is right now the
1: elderly well the elderly population with the, the, the we have a few we have i think it's eleven uh programs in our um division of um senior uh the 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 senior um, services services yeah um i know that uh, the cause that the, the cause and and concerns that i've been seeing are mostly people that are concerned about, you know, COVID, uh, despite the, um, the ending of the public health emergency is still, is some, is something that's still out there. And so there are people who are concerned about their loved ones in our facilities, whether we're talking about, um, Herbert Grigg or Queen Louise in Saint Thomas or the Richmond Senior Centers and stuff like that. Um, there are some people that are concerned about about COVID and how we are dealing with with um, with um, you know, supposed outbreaks. I know that um, just recently uh, at, at at Herbert Grigg last year, where we I think we had a, a couple of cases for the first time since it started. You know, we were successful um, for the, for, for the most of the time, uh, at zero positives. And, you know, so that that's something that I know that we've, um, con- you know, we are, we are striving to continue. Um, I know that, um, there are some questions sometimes about Meals on Wheels, um, uh, you know, the quality, the, the quality of the service, the quality of the food. And I, I can, I can certify that, um, the, 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 the service especially, uh, our Meals and Wheels program, um, we, uh, are, we pay attention to uh, the people that we are serving, to our seniors that we are serving in, in the Meals and Wheels program. So if there are any uh, dietary uh, restrictions for each and every person, we know this and then we tailor uh, the, the meals to those people and stuff like that.
3: So I think um, I want to add to, mm-hmm. to Toby, it's larger than that for me. Um, so if you look at a holistic uh, viewpoint from the Virgin Islands, our population is is aging. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is a lot of people are caretaking, right? Right. And, <laughs> and so when they're caretaking, they they really want to keep um, their family member at home as long as possible. And then when that's not possible, it goes back to the continuum of care um, that we have in the Virgin Islands. So there's some gaps there for me, I see. So that's why we 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 got approval for a full prudent replacement for Queen Louise Home for the H. We're actually building a brand new skilled nursing facility in St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just purchased the property and that'll be great. It's a long-term plan, but it's also going to be a 60-bed facility. Um, it'll be hopefully certified by Medicare and Medicaid services, which would allow us to have a uh, federal reimbursement for
2: some of us. Awesome. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We've got uh, Human Services Commissioner Kimberly Kazi Gomez and Public Admission Officer Toby joining us this morning. We'll be back right after this.
0: Ability Radio is a program
2: brought to you by the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands to promote a more inclusive Virgin Islands. Ability Radio brings you information on health care, art, culture, education, and current affairs, where we engage in lively discussions with guests locally and abroad. Join us every Saturday morning at 1130 a.m. on WTJXFM.
1: The news nowadays is a bit
4: like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together.
0: Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.
2: Here, analyze this, wrapping up a great conversation with um the Department of Human Services. We've got Commissioner Kimberly Kazi Gomez, the one and only, or would that be
3: KCG, right? <laughs> KCG, 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 yes, a lot of right? people
2: call me that. KCG, and of course, TD, you know I'm yes, saying, Toby yes. in the house yes. uh, as well. So, tell me about the vision for the agency. You know, you got a lot of responsibility, yes. big, big, big department. I remember when. uh. I know, you know, I'm a washed up senator. I remember <laughs> That's uh, <not> true. <laughs> back in uh, when I my very first year, um two thousand five as a senator, um the commissioner was I remember again with the glasses. Sedoni Halbert. Ms. Halbert right? yes. Halbert, Yeah. And every time the human services came with a, for a budget hearing. It's like the whole department show up. I we mean We show
3: up. I we mean, do it, show I mean,
2: up. I mean, I mean, it was you know a lot of people, and yes. that's when we truly understood. If we didn't know at that point, we knew then yes. that. That's a big department. A the lot magnitude. Of a
3: lot of responsibility. So a vision for us is I look at bookends, right? Mm-hmm. So you're only as good as your bookends. So if you're doing early childhood really well in quality childcare, you're, you're, you're really getting supporting families, mm-hmm. but also allowing children to be children and, and teaching them. And I think that's really important for us. So Head Start and uh, the quality child care centers that we have and licensing them professional development making them the best child care centers they can so mm-hmm. little people is really important in supporting families all the stuff we do in between is supporting families too so all of your benefits um, so if you start working Neville right let's just say you get Medicaid and you get SNAP and you get child care all of a sudden you start working get a little bit of money your eligibility now income wise mm-hmm. you don't get all these services so then all of a sudden now you're in a Cool. So it's like the fiscal benefit cliff. Yeah. And, and I'm really concerned about that. So I'm trying to figure out how we can address that best. And then the other in is our seniors because we're living longer. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to be able to provide for them? And, you know, DHS isn't the whole thing. We have a lot of nonprofit agencies that are doing wonderful, wonderful work um, that are serving our populations that are needed. Uh, so I think it really needs to be a public private partnership. But my vision is to ensure that everyone has. A safe, loving environment that they get everything they need in that environment, whether we be DHS or our, our public or private uh, partnership in order to have that done. Um, there is a responsibility that I feel uh, for us taking care of our own. Um, I look at my mom and we talked about that when we started, how independent she is. Well, not everybody's is independent. Um, you know, Toby was able to care for his father for a long time, but not everybody is able to mm-hmm. do that. So having the services to supplement throughout the lifespan is also really important for us too, um, it, it, I can't serve. However many, how many, how, how many people would live in the Virgin Islands now? I know there's been like, is it um, eighty seven? D-
2: d- Documented document eighty seven, okay. but they miss people. Yeah. I'd I'd say, I'd say like ninety five thousand. So I
3: can't serve all 95,000 nor does Mm -hmm. all 95,000 people want DHS and any up in any of them. But Mm -hmm. I do want to be able to supplement you when you need it the most and be able to sustain you when you need it, but also allow you to build if you're young and you're working to build, that should be a stepping stone for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those individuals with disabilities, you know, we support you through college and training programs and making sure they're transitioning out of the educational system, whether they're going to be able to get further education. Education and our work, um, and making sure that they get that, but also the therapeutic nature, um, the trauma that we've experienced, whether you know you've been uh, abused and neglected, or whether the trauma through all of our hurricanes is an added layer. Um, and I think that we need to make sure that we're well aware of that. Um, it, having having said that, I would love to bring as many people that are off-island and not residential facilities back home if we could. Uh, so that's another a visionary aspect of things. I would love to keep everybody at home as much as possible. Um, and you know, working with our other agencies, too, to ensure that we're doing it as one team.
2: Mm-hmm. W, um, you know, first of all, condolences again, because I know you went through the last of your, uh, your, your dad and all that stuff. So, so you actually having experienced this firsthand um, should have a feel for some advice to give to leadership in the agency, right?
1: Yes. Um, actually, yes. Uh, and, 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 and I have to say that um, Commissioner Gomez and, and a lot of the folks at um, Human Services who knew uh, what I was going through on a daily basis, um, caring for my father until the end, um because he he passed away on uh, january twenty seventh so it's only been a couple of weeks wow yeah. um and um but the 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 advice i was getting and the um the 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 information i was getting about services i could use i could reach to and stuff like that um so yes there are a few things that um that i saw for myself that i could and uh, i could um offer um advice or maybe information or uh suggestions to uh, the senior leadership team but and 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 trust me especially the the folks over at um uh, senior citizens affairs Oh, they were very um, attentive to what I was going through and to my needs and asking questions, uh, making suggestions and asking me, even as you mentioned it uh, Neville, um, asking how could they better their, um, the, the delivery of services mm-hmm. to seniors based on my, um, Inform, based on, on, on what I was going through with my dad. So, yes, that in that, that's, that's a, that's a a fluid conversation. That's something that's been going on. Um, and you know that the, the human services also, uh, there's, there's a a support group for caretakers. Yeah, Family caregivers. The the family caregivers program. Um, I was not a part of it, but I did get all the information. Um, I did get a lot of information about it. Um, that I could reach out there they, you know so for people who are caretaking uh, their parents or you know the elderly um uh, family members there are programs there are services um that they can access um to assist um mm-hmm. uh, in in helping you know to 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 care not only for their their their, their, their family members but uh, you know the caretakers themselves uh need you know need caring as well
2: and to me you know that's why we really need a a a better understanding of sociology right and the realities um of 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 how you know we live where you know you're provided for from birth to twenty and then from sixty to eighty you're provided for again, so okay. that's why. We need to make sure the working class, between twenty and sixty, those years when you're actually employed, mm-hmm. you gotta make sure that they are of a sound frame of mind because they go take care of the children, Correct. go take care of your patient, I mean your your, yes. your 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 parents, and I I don't think we really take we don't, I don't know if we, I don't know if we're really studying that you know that that dichotomy as much as we should uh, oh, and the us.
3: life skills too part of it. Um, I I agree. I think that's. Not, for us, it's you don't want to come to DHS unless you really need us. That's usually what happens, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're intervention. We intervene when you need it the most. Um, it, but I think life skills, too, is really important. So I have a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, My son's a, a veteran, so he's out a year now. Um, and so he's diversifying his income. So looking at, oh, I'm going to buy some property and doing this. Mm-hmm. But learn, teaching him how to budget money. Don't spend it just like that. Of course, he had to buy a car. Mm-hmm. You know that, no, right? Yeah, you know. they had to buy a car. <laughs> but it goes back to, which is... He bought his own car. Mm-hmm. So teaching him how to do that and do that right. Right. So I think that we do have some learning and teachable moments in there. I, I do serve on the Virgin Islands housing authority board, um, which is great because they're really doing some wonderful new projects. Um, and so these new buildings that are coming up, um, we're also going to be doing a senior center potentially in one of their environments too, mm-hmm. within that community. So we're looking at doing a, uh, You know, that partnership when I talked about a little bit earlier to ensure that we do do a few nursing services at Lucinda Mill and it's not my, it's not my building. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that DHS does not do housing. Like that's not our, that's not our role. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people call us for housing. Um, We provide residential services and nursing services support. For our elderly and some of uh, people with disabilities, we provide some nursing support and homemaker support. When it comes to housing, if you come and you need a house, I'm going to basically have to go through the same uh, system as well.
2: Yeah, we just, I, I just. Uh, uh, but there
3: is a gap. I think there, there is that part of like, how are you building that um, age range up? So they're preparing for their own future for mm-hmm. one, right? And then the other part of it is, is how are they, being raised in order to be that sandwich, so you might have little people in um, those that are older that care for them. Yeah, but
2: you, 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 when you mentioned earlier, you know, our, our elderly are living longer. Yes, we, we don't, you know, we just don't want it to be focusing on living long. We want to live healthy, healthy, quality
3: you know. life. Yeah,
2: yeah, This thing about, you know, just living long. That's that's all well and good, but we yeah. don't, you know, what's the sense of living if you're gonna be dependent for everything? For and everything, we're, we're fortunate yeah. to have patients, uh, parents. Um, and in, in Toby's case, that wasn't the case, okay. but. You know, um,
3: we have um, a lot of people that don't have anyone Um, and yeah, that
2: uh, loneliness part. Gotta it's we, very
3: we, lonely. We, we, um, got, we
2: got, we got to be cognizant of that. So when I to see you again,
3: anytime you're ready. I, told, <laughs> I already told you I was coming back every day. Cause I, I, I mean, I have, you told me my, my agency is really large. So I can talk about anything <laughs> yeah. you want. I think the, um, you know, I have to big up my staff. We've been working really hard Um, and they're frustrated. They're tired. Uh, so having that patience, um, mm-hmm. you know, f- with them because they do the work that they do is not easy. No, um, that's a big, a big
2: agency, a lot of responsibilities. Thanks for being yes, here. Yes, it's
3: my pleasure. Toby, good to see Thank you, man. You.
2: Thank money agreeing on a payday, right? Yeah, yes, I mean. man. Right. Color agreeing on a payday. Color, I I color yeah. money. Yes, color I know, money. Color money. Color money. Yeah. Good to see you.
3: Thank you for thanks, having uh, us. For, us. I, for us. I really here. appreciate it. Very
2: informative, as is the norm. and We appreciate that. We'll set you back up again. All right. Sounds you wonderful Thanks a lot. Thanks. That's Kimberly Kazi Gomez and Toby D'Arima from the Virgin Islands Department of Human Services doing a great job, in my opinion, uh, of, which I, of which I'm entitled to, okay? So so we're we're, we're good with that. Um we'll get them back on again. Like I said, don't forget, we got uh, uh, tonight, here we go, tonight, Nova at 8, uh, Forgotten Genius, and then at 10 p.m., uh, the changing scene um, from the POV shorts. Um, we got a caller back on the line. Uh, good morning, uh, young lady out at St. John, what's up? Hello. Yeah. Good
4: morning. Kate. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you, you. so
2: you were giving us some details real quick. We only got like three minutes. So, so what exactly are we looking for? Because we got a deadline of the twenty first, right?
4: Yes, and I'm gonna call back tomorrow to let you know if that website is still open because they had shut oh. it down early. But I'll confirm that tomorrow. nevertheless
2: which website? Which website are you referring to? Um,
4: the national park website. It's um, the Department of Interior. it's oh. I'll okay. give that information to you tomorrow. Okay, but I need to check. So I'll give you that information tomorrow. But on their website is where you can get the preliminary documents. Mm-hmm. And the eleven acres, uh, three acres of that eleven acres, that is in the tr- that is going to come out. That three acres in the preliminary agreement has so much restrictions. It is going to become the national park. The amount of restrictions that is on that. Therefore, you we're basically only getting eight acres. We're not getting eleven acres. We're getting eight acres, and they are getting eighteen acres. You know, so how can that be fair? How can that? But be but but fair? let me
2: ask this. Let me ask this question. Right? I I I, I, I was aware aware of this um, on the surface, but you're saying that it's a done deal, and the government's going to sign up. Now- it's not a done deal what happens on the 21st of february
4: um that is where all the comments are supposed to be into the department of interior by then okay and then that site stops taking input on that and concerns relative to that
2: what what have you reached out to the administrator uh, for st john and what's their position well
4: uh I think that party is a part of the governor's team, mm-hmm. and we had a meeting um, that Dr. Dickinson had set up, a Zoom meeting with the Department of, um, with the Delegate of Congress, as well as the governor's team, and the administrator was a part of that, so they are aware, and I guess, addressing it whether in whatever facet that they, but the key person that needs to come to the table is the governor. The one that is involved in the preliminary document. Okay,
2: hold on a second. Mark- hold on, hold on a second. Let let me, let me let me let me do this do this favor. Let me reach out to um, Mr. Richard Motor, the communications director for the governor, and, and have a conversation with him to find out status uh, on this matter from the perspective of the governor. So I could get a better feel of how both sides are viewing it. On the surface, I I don't really like the acreage, the acreage swap that's involved here. It's it's lopsided. No, I know that uh, this is about getting a school in St. John, and I'm aware of that. But at the same time, I mean, how much more I'm I'm school, and I spoke about this. How much more land does the Park Service need on St. John? You know, that to, to me, that's the that's the legitimate question that needs to be answered because they already got you know anywhere from sixty percent to two thousand of the island, and and uh, I, everything has a limit. You know, we can't get to the point where. You know, everything I'm saying. John, has to be park service um, because, you know, I know Mr. Rockefeller pulled up in the boat and fell in love with it, but they got a limit uh, to everything. So let me do that. You say you're going to call me back tomorrow. Call me early, right? Call me right to at the top of the show at 8 o'clock. So give me that information, okay? Because we got to wrap up now, okay? Okay,
4: and if I can get your uh, email address, I can send you that our website as well.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, um, stay on, stay on the line. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. Don't hang up. Stand in line, you. and I'll get, you, I'll get your email address, okay? Um, um, first of all, I want to thank um, Mr. Dwayne Henry for joining me, and we had that um, revisiting the history with the Constitutional Conventions, and I definitely want to thank the weather service. Great conversation there as well, and most importantly, um, Department of Human Services, um, the lovely Kimberly Kazi Gomez, and of course, the color of money. I uh, had Toby Deriva this morning. We'll take a break, and the color from St. John, of course. Um, enlighten me as to what's going on over there in Love City. Um, be good, be safe. Back tomorrow, another edition of Analyze This, God willing. Bye-bye.
1: A busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon.
0: From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.